Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. If your roof starts to leak or your floor's really squeak, you live in a money pit. Money pit. If your basement needs a pump or your place looks like a dump, you live in a money pit. Money pit. Pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home. I call an 888 money pit. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Coming up this hour, does it seem that more and more houses in your neighborhood are pulling out the pumpkins, the black cats, and the orange rope lights? Well, Halloween is second only to Christmas when it comes to decorating. You know, hanging all that spooky decor, though, doesn't have to be a fright. We're going to have some tips this hour to help keep it firmly attached to your home. And if Halloween is almost here, you know we are all well on our way to winter, and that means it's time to stop putting off winterizing your home. We're going to have some do's and don'ts when it comes to sealing drafty windows. Plus, now is the time to plant those spring bulbs so tulips and such can make their appearance come next season. This old house landscaping expert Roger Cook has the tips to make sure your garden can grow, and he's coming up in just a bit. And fall also marks the debut of a new saw that could reinvent cutting as you know it. It's a Dremel Saw Max, and it can cut through virtually any material, and it's simple enough to control with one hand. I love it. Cutting things with one hand? Let's add a blindfold to this. <laughs> well, we're giving away one this hour. It's a prize worth 130 bucks. so call us right now at 1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. Let's get to those phones. Leslie, who's first? All right, now we've got Ron from Michigan on the line who's dealing with some uh, water in the basement. What's going on? Yeah, I have a the, the wall in the basement. There's some water seeping through it. And uh, this house, I think, was built in 1968. I don't know. We've been here 12 years now. I don't know how many coats of what have been put on that wall prior to me. But I did uh, wire brush it and uh, sand it down as much as I could because I wanted to put a sealer on there. I think what I used was Zen, Zenzer. Uh, it's a primer yep, sealer. Zenzer. Yep, uh uh-huh. And actually also I used some uh, uh, dry, dry lock, I think it was called. I forget the brand. You're making a critical mistake here, which everybody makes, and that is you're trying to make your house float. Okay. okay. <laughs> By putting all of those sealers on, um, you're trying to keep the water out any way you can. We need to stop the water at the source at the foundation perimeter. That's why the paint is not staying. That's why it's peeling and deteriorating and getting wet because it's getting through. And I bet it gets a lot worse after a heavy rain, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, And another thing, we have a lot of springs here. We have an artesian well in our yard and uh, not too far from the house. And this area is known to have a lot of springs here. And we did, actually, we had to have a company come in, and they jackhammered all around the edge of the wall in the basement and put in a, a some kind of a drain system. Yeah, and guess what? And, and, and you still have a problem, right? Even though they jackhammered yeah. up your floor. Yep. That's because they've not dealt with the source. The source yep. of the problem is two things. Your gutter system. 
You've got to have a gutter system. It's yep, got to be properly do. sized. Properly sized means 400 to 600 square feet per spout. The spouts have to extend well beyond the foundation, four to six to eight feet. Okay. It's got to be way out. Secondly, you've got to have proper drainage. The soil around the house has got to slope. I want it to slope six inches down over the first four feet. Then it can trail off after that. Those two things will manage the water at the foundation perimeter. I am not surprised that you paid all that money to have that interior drain system put in, and you still have a problem. You're going to have a problem unless you keep the water away from the house. That is the number one leading cause of basement water and moisture issues. Take a look at moneypit.com. Search wet basement. You will find a lot of articles and a lot of discussion about the success that people have had doing those two things which is okay. extending gutters and downspouts and cleaning them and fixing the grading. That'll make the problem go away once and for all. Yeah, we're, we're houses like in the side of a hill. You know, our basement, uh, the patio, we have a patio down in the back. We're a quad-level house, and we are kind of the side of a hill, and it does slope back. But um, I, th- I think the biggest problem here, to be honest, is, is all the springs. And uh, I don't know. Does your moisture able- problem get worse after a rainfall? Yes. Then that's it. It's not the springs. The spring, after we have a big thaw, that's the worst. <laughs> it's not the spring, okay? It's okay. not the spring. I say it's not the spring because if it was the spring, it would be happening seasonally and not consistent with rainfall. When it happens True. consistent with rainfall, it's drainage, 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 okay? You've got to fix the drainage. Fix the drainage, your problem's going to go away. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Now, you can call in your home repair or your home improvement question 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 1-888-MONEYPIT. 888-666-3974. Up next, Frost will soon be on the pumpkin, but hopefully not on the inside of your windows. We're going to tell you how to keep your hard-earned energy dollars from leaking out the window when the Money Pit Show continues after this. On the Money Pit Radio Show. The Money Pit is brought to you by Insincorator, instant hot or hot cool water dispensers, delivering 200-degree hot or cool filtered water in an instant at the touch of a lever right at the kitchen sink. Perfect for homeowners looking to save time in the kitchen. For more information, please visit www.insincorator.com. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And the number here is 888-MONEY-PIT. Now, everybody pick up the phones and give us a call and let us know what you are working on. But one of you lucky callers this hour is going to get the latest gadget in cutting. It is the Dremel Saw Max. And it's a new compact saw. And it's really perfect for crafts and hobby enthusiasts. It's easy to handle. It's easy to follow the cut line. And it's really easy to store. I mean, it's super small. It's really handy. It's worth 130 bucks. So give us a call at 888-MONEY-PIT for your chance to win. 888-666-3974. Well, winter is fast approaching, and if you felt chilly air blowing through your home, it's time to check the caulking around your windows. We have some tips to help you do just that, presented by Stanley, the maker of the Fat Max Utility Knife. Now, the first step is to remove any cracking and peeling caulk that's dried out and past its prime. And that Stanley's Fat Max Retractable Utility Knife is a great way to do this. You want to use the knife just 
cut along the edge of the window and the edge of the surround. Then dig out all of the old caulk using the blade tip and scrape away the loose material. I like this knife for this project because the blade has a feature called a blade wiper, which removes all of that caulk debris from the blade. It's also got a push-button blade door that allows for really quick blade changes when you wear it out and easy access uh, to the five standard utility blades that come inside the knife itself. Mm -hmm. And you know what? When it comes to the new caulk, you want to apply it at the window molding where it meets the wall. And you want to make sure that you use acrylic latex caulk because it spreads really easily and then you can clean it up with water. Now, a good technique is to squirt a thin bead of caulk at the intersection of the wall and the molding, and then use your finger to spread the caulk into the seam. Next, you want to use a sponge and warm water to remove the excess caulk. And the same with your finger. As your finger starts to get covered, you want to take your hand out of the mix, wipe it off, start again. And then, of course, go with the sponge and the warm water. Now, don't forget to caulk under the sill as well, because this area is particularly leaky, and a good seal-up job is really important. Yes, it is, and it'll save you those energy dollars all winter long. 888-666-3974. Let's get back to the phones. Leslie, who's next? All right, now we've got Elaine in North Carolina who's dealing with a porch that seems to be falling apart. Tell us what's going on. Well, the porch was originally some kind of cement. We're not sure what. And when the uh, inspector for the termites came around, he said, you're right up next to your house. It's very, or next to the kitchen, underneath the house, it's very damp. And he look, was looking around on top. He said, you've got a crack right there between your stoop, your porch, and the house. Right. Where it just runs from one side to the other, you know. Okay. So I said, okay, well, I'll just close that up with a little bit of cement. You know, right. so I thought, well, make it look right and do right. I just yep. cement the whole porch. And guess what? It all cracked and fell out, right? Right. Okay. And you know why? Because you can't patch a concrete porch with with cement. You have to use a a patching compound, usually epoxy-based. There are certain types of uh, epoxy-based cements that are sticky and designed to adhere well to that uh, raw concrete. If you try to put uh, new concrete against old concrete, as soon as you get some water and some frost heave in there, it just breaks apart and falls out and just becomes rubble. Oh, I see. So what should I use? Should I pull out all of the porch, then all the that top layer? i definitely get rid of all the loose stuff. Okay. And then I would use an epoxy um, patching compound. You can pick one up from uh, any home center that sells Quickcrete products, Q-U-I-K-R-E-T-E. They have patching uh, cements that are designed specifically for this. Now we've got Larry in Arizona on the line who's dealing with a stinky fridge. What happened? Yes, I had a power company disconnect my combination freezer-refrigerator by mistake at at a second home I own down on the desert, elevation 2,000 feet. Uh, No air conditioning. I didn't discover the problem until three weeks after it had been disconnected. Uh, Obviously, I had a terrible odor problem, and... uh, it was very difficult to remove, and I'm just wondering if you folks might have had a suggestion. Uh, I still have a lingering odor, but for the most part, I think it's pretty much gone. But it was a mess, and lots of people suggested I should have just thrown the combination freezer refrigerator out and had the utility company buy me a new one. Yeah. <laughs> they thought they were just connecting 
for lack of payment, but it was a neighbor three doors down. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> wow. But it's a second home that I only get to maybe once a month. Right, so you didn't know about it, yeah. Yeah, I spent three days working on it. I can imagine, and you probably used all the standard tricks of the trade. You know, um, I think so. the baking soda, uh, white vinegar and water, um, baking soda, making a paste of it and putting it all around the refrigerator and cleaning that off. Then taking, you know, fresh vanilla, like real vanilla seed pods and like putting that on a damp paper towel and then sticking that in the refrigerator. Um, those are generally the tricks of the trade. But what happens is there's an insulative layer inside the refrigerator and freezer that makes it stay cold. And when you have something that spoils and stays in there and the odor stays in there, it seeps through the plastic that sits on top of the insulation and then gets into the insulation. And at that point, there's nothing you can do short of re-insulating the refrigerator freezer. And it's going to be like probably more money than buying a new one. Boy, and that's the truth. And what happened, uh, it was on the freezer side, mostly wild game meat, which can't be replaced unless you're lucky enough to, oh, uh, to yeah. get drawn for a hunting permit in Arizona. Yeah. And it turned, of course, to liquid. So it, you know, basically permeated the bottom of the mm, refrigerator. Yeah. And the biggest problem was getting rid of the odor from the rubber seals. Well, you know, you can replace those rubber seals. Yeah, you know, but the more I think about it, it may not be too late to approach the utility company and and verify what I did and what I was dealing with and maybe and dead replace it. I think that that's I think that's exactly what you should do. But in any event, I appreciate the suggestions, and uh, you're new to our radio station here in northern Arizona, and I enjoy it very much. Well, you're very welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. Pauline from New York, you've got the Money Pit. How can we help you today? Hi. My question is, I have to redo my deck, and right now in spots, there's algae growing on some spots of it, and when it rains, the wood gets really slippery. It's like mm. you slept, uh, stepped on a banana peel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? mm-hmm. absolutely. So my question is, what do I have to do to make sure I do a top-rate job and eliminate that problem so I so, can stain it and waterproof it? Right. What you want to do is you need to apply a mildicide, or you can use oxygenated bleach, both available at home centers. You could use like a siding wash, too. Any of those products are going to be mildicides. And the trick here, Pauline, is that you need to put it on the deck. You need to let it sit for 10 or 15 minutes. Don't let it dry in the sun, but let it sit, let it saturate, let it go to work. And then you can scrub it. I want you to get like a floor brush, like the kind you use when you got, you know, a really dirty floor and you got to really scrub it. Right. And really work it in and start loosening that stuff up and get it off the deck. After you get the, the, uh, the, the moss off and the algae off, then you can let it dry really good. Don't try to go from this in the morning to staining in the afternoon because you're going to have another problem that your stain's not going to absorb. So schedule this as sort of its own project for the weekend. Get as much of this off as you possibly can. Now, is it possible that you could in the future arrange for a little more sunlight to hit that deck? Is it possible that you could trim some trees or anything of that nature, or are you pretty much blocked in by the buildings? Uh, it, it does get full sun in the morning. Okay. The 
Yeah, because if you have a real shady space, you're going to get more of that uh, moss and algae growth. And, and we always say that if it's possible to sort of thin out some trees or any overhanging um, things like that, then that actually will reduce it in the future. Of course, if you're in a, a type urban area like Brooklyn, then, you know, people get really emotional when you start sort of taking their building apart. So you have when you knock down their buildings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, thanks so much, guys. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Freddie in New York is calling in with help on a flooring, actually a tiling project. You're using floor tiles on the walls. How can we help you with this, Freddie? Yeah, my, my son is installing some uh, tiles on a wall for me. They're actually floor tiles, so they're a little bit heavier than wall tiles. Mm-hmm. But we're using normal uh, thin set. It's like the cement that you attach the uh, tile to the wall with. But this, the tiles seem to be slipping. They're apparently a little bit too heavy. Uh, so I was wondering if there's something you can mix with the thin set, or maybe there's another product. Yeah, I think you're using the wrong product. Thin set usually goes on the floor. Tile adhesive is what would go on a vertical yeah, surface. Which is right, like Leslie? a mastic. Yeah. There's actually a, another option. Where are, where are these uh, tile walls? Is this in a bathroom? or? No, no, it's in a living room. As a okay. matter of fact, it's just the sides on the face of a um, fireplace. All right. I have a better suggestion for you. There's a new product out called Bondera, B-O-N-D-E-R-A. And it's a tile a mastic. It's a tile adhesive, but it comes in a sheet, like a roll. And basically, you peel off one side, you apply it to the wall in your case, and then you peel off the other side, and you stick the tiles right on this. It's like a two-sided adhesive sheet. And then you can immediately grout once you get all the tiles on. Exactly. No fuss, no muss. That sounds very easy. Bondera. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a Lowe's product, right? You can get it at Lowe's? Bondera Tile Matte Set. And yes, it's available at Lowe's. Fantastic. Thank you. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Well, it's not even winter, but it's time to start planning for spring already. Can you believe it? Well, (laughs) you at least want to start planning. I know, seriously, it's like we're not even having snow on the ground yet. And we're already like, ooh, planting bulbs. But really, this is the time when you want to plan what kind of color that you'd like to see in your garden and when it's time for those blooms to pop up. So we're going to share some tips with you when the Money Pit continues. The Money Pit is brought to you in part by Errol Fastener Company, the leader in professional fastening products since 1929. The makers of the iconic T-50 staple gun, the world's best-selling staple gun, Errol Fastener has the right tool for every application. Explore Errol's latest product innovations at errolfastener.com. On the Money Pit Radio Show, pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home, call an 888-MONEY. The Money Pit is brought to you by the HydroRite Drop-In Dual Flush Converter. Proud sponsor of Water Conservation 2011, the HydroRite easily converts your toilet into a water and money-saving dual flush toilet. Push the quick flush setting for liquids or the full flush for more. Look for the HydroRite at the Home Depot and other fine retailers or visit SaveMyToilet.com. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. So who wouldn't love to win a $10,000 dream room makeover? It is possible. Our friends at Arrow Fastener will be awarding one lucky winner a room makeover worth ten grand with the help 
of Leslie Segretti, somebody that I know very well. <laughs> That's right. You know, it's really easy to enter. You just have to head on over to arrowdreamroom.com. And when you're there, you're going to click through to the Facebook page. You have to like Arrow, and then you will be able to enter the contest. It's really fantastic because we've got $10,000 to spend on whatever you might need furniture, wall coverings, rugs, you name it. If it's required to make your dream room a reality, we will get that for you. So make sure you enter today. Tell us what your room is, why you need that makeover. Keep your fingers crossed because it could be you. 888-666-3974. Give us a call right now with your home improvement question. Well, nothing signals the start of spring better than those fresh blooms like daffodils and tulips in full color. But if you want to enjoy those beautiful spring blooms, you kind of need to get planting right now. And to find out just how to do that, we welcome Roger Cook, the landscaping expert on TV's This Old House. And Roger, the secrets to successful blooms all starts with the timing, right? Absolutely. But to be a gardener, you have to have an absolute leap of faith because (laughs) when you're talking about bulbs, you're talking about putting something in the ground over the winter and it's going to bloom in the spring. It just doesn't make sense. Doesn't at all. Except when you figure out where these bulbs come from in the mountains where they freeze for the winter and then bloom. This is the only way they can survive. So really with all blooms, the secret is put them in in the fall with all bulbs. There's really no other opportunity to plant later in the season and have them come up, say, in the summertime or? There's two different categories of bulbs. The spring flowering bulbs all have to be planted in the fall. Summer flowering bulbs like dahlias and things like that are planted in the spring. All right. It's a great so mystery. So confusing, isn't it? Really it really is. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Now, what are some basic rules that sort of apply to, to all bulbs, like starting with the type of soil that they like? Well, bulbs hate wet soil, and some of them won't do well in shady areas. They'll, okay. bloom, they'll bloom the first year, but they won't reset for a second year if it's too shady. The biggest mistake people make is not planting bulbs deep enough. Well, because they're squirrels like favorite food, right? No, they're not. That's, really? Then no. what are they doing in my garden all the time? If you <laughs> plant a bulb with a bone meal, bones are something that squirrels eat naturally. They go after that particular mm-hmm. product. But that's planted underneath the bulb. They'll actually dig, throw the bulb out of the way, and eat the bone meal out of the soil. Oh, so it's not the bulb. It's the bone meal they're nice. looking for. Interesting. Right. So that's why we use this product called superphosphate, which encourages root growth in the bulbs, but it's not attractive to rodents. Now, and what's the trick? I mean, we had wonderful success with tulips one season. There was a bajillion of them. Yep. And then the following year, maybe like a third. Well, that's the thing with tulips is, especially if they're planted shallow, they'll only bloom one year and they won't follow that up. They won't keep reblooming or naturalizing is the term we like to use. So what the trick with tulips, plant them deep. And every year, supplement that bed with the same color tulips you put in before. And how deep? I mean, am I going down a foot or just, you know, a couple inches? Basic math formula is two and a half times the size of the bulb. That's how deep you dig the hole. So in most cases, for a tulip, you're going to be at five or six inches. Now, what about daffodils? I mean, those are sort of the workhorses of the spring flowers. Mm, Daffodils are my favorite. They seem to never fail. They thrive. They naturalize. They come back year after year. And for the money, I think they're your best bang for the buck. How do you plan uh, a garden that's going to be all bulbs? Do you bunch the colors together? Do you mix them up? Um, Are there considerations about height? Absolutely. And more important than all is sequence is when they're going to bloom because you don't want a tall one blooming in front and have a short Uh. one behind it and not be able to see it. It, it, it's all about sequence and massing of plant material. I love to mass bulbs, a whole bunch of them planted together. 
Now, I mean, so many mail order catalogs flood our mailbox at home and you see these beautiful blooms and you're like, oh, I'm going to order these bulbs. Is it better to get them from a catalog or head to my local home center and like really see in touch? I do both. I love to support the local garden centers, but sometimes I can't get what I need at Mm -hmm. the garden center. So I have to reach out and get it someplace else. The key to remember is that when you buy bulbs, They're all bought by size. So you have to look and compare size. If you're going to buy a 12-centimeter bulb or an 18-centimeter bulb, there's a different in price. And the bigger the bulb, the bigger the flower, or the more flowers it'll have. The bigger the height or? No, just the bigger the flower, the bigger the plant itself. Within each species of plant, you can buy little short ones, medium, and tall. And then the sequence goes with that, early, medium, (laughs) and late. So one thing that you can do is you can always buy bulbs in a naturalized mix, meaning that when you buy it, there's three or four different types in there. So when you plant it out, they sequence themselves. You, mm-hmm. don't, have to, you don't have to do the math and figure it out. But do you need to physically look at the size of the bulb and sort them based on the size of the bulb so that you can see everything in the, in the bed? No. No. When you buy a bulb, you're going to know what height it's going to be. Mm-hmm. And these mixtures, you just throw the whole mixture out and they'll all pop up at different times and they, they'll all be about the same height. So buy the mixture and they kind of do the work for you. Exactly. Great advice. Roger Cook from TV's This Old House. Thanks so much for stopping by the Money Pit. And for more tips, including a video of how to plant bulbs, you can visit thisoldhouse.com. And remember, you can watch Roger and the entire This Old House team on This Old House and ask This Old House on your local PBS station. Thanks, Roger. Oh, you're welcome. And This Old House and Ask This Old House are brought to you by The Home Depot. Home Depot more savings, more doing. Still ahead on the Money Pit, want to encourage those trick-or-treaters to come to your home but not end up with a Halloween decorating horror show? We're going to give you some tips on how to safely transform your home into a spooky delight after this. You live in a Money Pit. The Money Pit is brought to you by Generac, makers of the number one selling Guardian Series home standby generators, now introducing a full line of consumer and professional power washers. Whether you need to power it, clean it, or protect it, Generac can help. Visit Generac.com to learn more. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show, on air and online at MoneyPit.com. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. You should be sure to give us a call right now at 888-MONEY-PIT with your home improvement questions because if you do, you might just win a very cool saw. It's the Dremel Saw Max. This is the new go-to cutting tool for do-it-yourselfers, woodworkers, hobbyists, and crafters for a lot of great reasons. Mm -hmm. You know, really because it's small and compact, but it can cut through wood, plastic, laminates, even drywall up to three-quarters of an inch thick, and even sheet metal. So if you want to work on a project, this really is the saw for you. It's worth 130 bucks, so give us a call at 888-MONEY-PIT for help with your project and a chance to win. 888-666-3974. Well, autumn is a great time of year. Besides the cooler temperatures and the changing foliage, it is the official start of the holiday decorating season. In fact, Americans spend almost as much time and effort decorating for Halloween as they do for Christmas. Leslie's got some great ideas for creative and fun Halloween decorating right now, presented by Arrow Fastener. 
That's right. You know, I love to do this. You can stack pumpkins in a large pedestal planter, and that really adds a great surprise to any front entry. And pumpkins and gourds, they come in a variety of seasonal colors and even fun shapes that are going to stack really well and last way longer than any flowers or mums that you're going to pick up at the garden center. So look for flat, squatty ones, the um, Cinderella pumpkins, the cheese pumpkins. They really make a great job as far as a stacking pumpkin will go. Also, you know, it's never too early, in my opinion, to start decorating with holiday lights. And orange lights, they're simple to hang, and they look fantastic on greenery. And I like to put spooky garlands around them for Halloween and then take them down the garlands only after Halloween and leave the lights up until Thanksgiving. At that point, I like to call them holiday lights rather than my (laughs) Halloween lights. Now, to hang the lights in the garland, I like to use my Arrow PowerShot 5900 cable tacker because it's a very cool tool. It's lightweight, which is great for working in areas where I'm reaching over my head a lot. It also uses those insulated fasteners that surround the electrical cord without piercing it and the insulated fasteners are also great for the garland because the staple never smashes the garland down so tight that it becomes impossible to take it down and reuse it for the next season it really is a super handy tool so be sure to check out my blog on moneypit.com for detailed decorating ideas and step-by-step instructions And this decorating tip is brought to you by Arrow Fasteners. Check out their Facebook page to get in on a great contest, a $10,000 dream room makeover designed by our very own Leslie Segretti. 888-666-3974. Now we've got Chuck in Pennsylvania on the line who needs some help in making a home purchase decision. How can we help you with that? Well, looking at a house to purchase, and the house has radiant heat, in the ceilings of the bedrooms. Okay. The house was built in the 70s, I guess, when they did that. Now, each bedroom has its own thermostat. Would that be efficient with that radiant heat like that, or would it be better to go with something like putting a heat pump in? Well, you have electric radiant heat. That's the most uh, one of the most expensive ways to heat the house. The reason it has individual thermostats is because each one is a separate circuit. Um, heat pumps will be a little more cost efficient uh, because heat pumps are interesting in that they're really two systems in one. One is electric resistance heat, which is designed for the hottest, I'm sorry, which is designed for the coldest periods. But most of the time it runs in the heat pump mode, which basically is sort of like an air conditioner that runs backwards. You know, uh, in the summer when you see like a window air conditioner and on the inside it's blowing a cold air, on the outside it's blowing out hot air. You could take that and flip it and blow the hot air in, that's kind of what a heat pump does. It reverses the refrigeration cycle, uh, but it only maintains that warm temperature for a two-degree spread between uh, what the thermostat's calling for and what it is in the house. So let's say, for example, in the house, it's um, you have the thermostat set at 70, and it falls to 69. The heat pump comes on, falls to 68, heat pump stays on, falls to 67. Heat pump says, I can't keep up with this. And we're going to need to bring on the electric heat to kind of give us a little bit of a boost here. So it kind of works together. So the electric heat is is, is probably almost as expensive as the radiant. Um, the heat pump would be substantially less. So the thing is, though, if you do this, you're going to have to run ducts through the house. Do you have air conditioning in the house? Uh, yes, sir. And you have a ducted air conditioning system? Yeah, they're in the floor. The air conditioning is in All the right. floor. Well, 
and hates the ceiling, which seemed odd. Yeah, it seems totally backwards, backwards, right? It's backwards. Yes, well, listen, I mean, the ducks are at least in the right place for the for the um, you know for the heat to work. So I think in your situation, I would seriously consider a heat pump for those reasons. Okay. Well, what about a propane uh, gas fired stove? Another good option, but okay. just get a really efficient furnace, really okay. efficient propane furnace, high efficiency. Okay. Okay. That would be better than a heat pump, probably. Yeah, that would be less expensive than a heat pump, I think. Yep. Okie dokie. Good luck with that project. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Up next, we're getting a ton of basement makeover questions in the Money Pit community online at moneypit.com. We're going to handle some of those questions, solve some do-it-yourself dilemmas, solve some painting problems in basements, and much more after this. portion of the Money Pit is brought to you by The Iron Shop, the leading manufacturer of spiral stair kits. Visit www.theironshop.com today to find out how you can own a beautiful iron spiral staircase. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show, where home solutions live. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call right now with your home improvement project, your do-it-yourself dilemma at 888-MONEY-PIT or head on over to moneypit.com and post your question in the Money Pit community where we are seeing lots of folks that want to work on basements. I guess they're getting ready uh, for the winter season. That's a good place to hang out and spend some time. Mm-hmm. Heck, we're not moving, so we might as well stay put in our houses and take over all that extra space. All right, and the first uh, post we've got here is from Dottie in Indiana who writes, I'm getting ready to paint my cement basement floor what is a good paint and or technique that will stand up to wear and tear? Yeah, that's a good question. Now, painting cement is a little bit trickier than painting uh, a wood surface or a drywall surface or something of that nature. You need to have a paint that's going to really adhere well. And the best paints on the market to do that are the epoxy paints. Now, epoxy paints are unique because they are are paints that have to be mixed together on site. And the reason you mix them together on site is because they have only a limited cure time. Uh, The cure time, usually two to three hours, something of that nature, uh, depending on the the outside temperature. But what's cool about the epoxy paints that are being sold for uh, garage floors and for basement floors um, is that they come also with different types of color chips that you can toss into them and give them uh, the appearance of having a pattern almost like an old sort of vinyl floor kind of a pattern it helps to hide the dirt as well and they're pretty darn tough so i think epoxy paint um, is definitely the way to go now once you've got the epoxy paint down you know that you've got something that's really tough and and maybe if you you decided not to use some of those color chips leslie it seems like this could be a, a really good opportunity to maybe do some of those painted throw rugs that you like to do so much mm, and you know the epoxy paint is available in a ton of different colors so if you've got some ideas for maybe a checkerboard to make it look like a tile or you know some sort of tone on tone area rug it's really easy to paint what could look like a rug on your floor and then go ahead and use that epoxy paint you know kit with it so that you really have a chance to seal everything in and it'll stand up and be super durable Um, so be creative you know think about painting a border think about painting a rug and that really will make a big difference when it comes time to spend time in your basement 
All right, next up, I've got a post here from Sherry in Montreal who writes, My laundry room, which is located in the basement, needs a makeover. One wall is cinder block, and they have been painted royal blue. Very nice. And I have a combination (laughs) drywall and cheap paneling on the other walls. Can I paint all of these surfaces? If so, should I use oil, latex, primer? What's first? She's got a regular potpourri of surfaces there. Seriously. It seems like somebody couldn't make up their mind in terms of how they were going to finish that basement. Um, As far as the drywall and the paneling, you can do the same thing, and that is you should use a primer. Um, If you're concerned about adhesion, an oil-based primer is probably the best place to start. And after that, you could use a latex top coat. As for that cinder block wall, uh, for that, you're going to probably want to use a damp-proofing paint. Uh, one of the commercially available damp-proofing paints is apt to stick better to that wall. Once we have good adhesion, then we can choose a top coat color to, you know, give it some pizzazz and match everything else that's in mm-hmm. there. And I think with the paneling, you know, sort of embrace what you've got. Don't try to fill in anything. You know, it, you can either remove it and replace it with drywall or re-drywall the whole area. But I would just say, you know, sort of embrace it. Go with a very neutral color, white off-white sort of a taupey beige keep it lighter so that the space seems more uniform and unified and it's not going to be like look i'm crazy different surfaces and then you know hang stuff on the wall to help mask that and that'll really help you create a cozy basement that's perfect for sort of hiding away during these winter months this is the money pit home improvement radio show thank you so much for spending this hour with us happy halloween holidays to you once again hope you're enjoying all of that decorating that's going on this weekend. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. You live in a pit. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast.